Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen. It's Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry from Utah's Capitol Hill to your schools, Texas, and all the breaking news. Hear it on Live Mike with Lee Lonsberry on KSL News Radio. Hey, welcome back. Just after two o'clock, it's time now for the top two at two o'clock, the top two news stories. That I, in my humble opinion, in Lee Lonsberry's humble opinion, deserve a, a little bit of chit-chat around your dinner table tonight when you get home with loved ones and it's time to gather together and break bread. Uh, what do you talk about? Well, once you get past, how was your day? How was my day? Everyone good? Uh, great. Well, then you, uh, you got to inject something into that little conversation, keep the ball rolling, because we, we don't do phones at the table anymore, right? Is that, the, is that all of our goals? We've got a basket on the kitchen counter. That's where the phones all go. Yeah, that's right. Because we're learning to talk to one another again. And what do we talk about? Well, oftentimes it's the news of the day. And if you want to draw from this fine program, I've got some suggestions for you. Number one is, of course, the new milestone that we have met here in the state of Utah today. It was announced, what, last week by Governor Spencer Cox that today, well ahead of the April 1st goal and well ahead of the May 1st national goal, to open up vaccine eligibility to all Utahns 16 plus. Yeah, that's today. That's today. That means if you make your way over to uh, vaccinefinder.org or even kslnewsradio.com, you can uh, find help on how exactly to register to receive a vaccine. If you are part of the 88% of Utahns who are eager to receive a vaccine, and I'd invite those remaining 12% to give it a shot as well, quite literally. Come over to uh, vaccinefinder.org uh, or, again, kslnewsradio.com will lead you to all the information you need as well. Uh, track down an appointment. Track down an appointment. There are a myriad avenue for uh, scheduling an appointment. So what's going to happen is uh, demand is incredibly high today. It's incredibly high. I've been uh, working throughout the day to see if I could book uh, an appointment for, for my family and myself I've been unsuccessful thus far, and you may have had similar. You may have had similar experiences where you get on there, and oh my gosh, the, the appointments aren't open for a long, long time. Well, be patient. Be patient. Most folks logging on today are going to have a hard time, but either click refresh, look for another resource, and uh, if you're unable to book something today, as you heard the governor uh, earlier uh, on the program, as he and I were talking about this milestone of a day, be patient because coming soon, a big batch of that Johnson & Johnson vaccine is on its way. 
And one thing about that Johnson and Johnson vaccine, the the benefits of a one of a one shot dose uh, are are pretty great, because the truth is our lives are busy, and getting in for that second vaccine uh, is a bit of a hassle. You may need to uh, take a, an hour or so off work to go pull it off, and so you know one dose is pretty good. Also, in terms of efficacy, I know this is a drum that I or a drum that I've beat a number of times, and it's a, a topic that I've returned to a number of times. Don't don't be don't be concerned about the the difference in efficacy, right? I know that there are some that remember when Pfizer was first announced that it was uh, what ninety five percent effective, and then Moderna came out with uh, what was there ninety four, ninety five, ninety six percent effective. Those are pretty impressive numbers. Those are real impressive numbers. And then old Johnson & Johnson comes around and what, 62, 77, uh, 82, something, uh, something south of mid-90s. And so it's natural to think, oh, well, uh, you know what, maybe it's a different, maybe uh, we ought to go after that Cadillac vaccine, that, that slick Pfizer stuff. We've got to go after that. Now, now, whatever vaccine you can get injected into your arm uh, is going to be of benefit. Uh, first off, it's not apples to apples. All right. The the the, the mid 90s percentages of efficacy uh, touted by Pfizer and Moderna, if, if I'm honest, and I've spoken to a number of researchers on this very same topic, uh, the, the, it's not apples to apples because the state of affairs, the state of the virus in the general population is different now than it was when Pfizer and Moderna were conducting their trials. And it was different when Johnson & Johnson was conducting its trials. Does that make sense? You, know, you, you hear about variants uh, and you hear about uh, resiliency and such like that. Well, the Johnson & Johnson vaccine study was conducted at a time uh, further down the road than was the case when Pfizer and Moderna were at it. Meaning, meaning that the virus was a little smarter, a little smarter at that time. And so it very well could be that if all of these vaccines were put up against uh, the same stage of the virus and the the same uh, number of variants in that, uh, that they could very well be on par with one another. Regardless, even 66% effective. If we take I don't, I don't want to call it worst-case scenario because it's not worst-case. It's, uh, it's just simply the lowest number uh, in terms of percentage of efficacy uh, touted by Johnson & Johnson. Even that number is incredible and historically high for a vaccine developed in such short order. The flu shot that you and I get maybe each year doesn't quite have an efficacy rate of 66%. Anyway, I'm not sure why I get so worked up and excited about this vaccine. I think it's because... If enough of us get it, we're knocking on normalcy's door. The governor talked about the importance of this day and specifically how we got here. This is what he said. Well, we, we got here because people are working so hard to do this and to do it the right way. We, we got here by opening it up first to um, our seniors. Uh, we have one of the highest vaccination rates in the country for those over the age of 70. We're well over 80 percent now, which is just incredible news. For, and, and again, saving lives. Um, we got there because uh, we were getting more and more vaccinated. 
vaccines. We, we were told by the White House that we have another big shipment of, of Johnson & Johnson that's going to be coming into the state over the next week. So that, that's exciting news. And, and we got there because uh, we, we really want to open this up. Uh, we, we have some inequities. Every state in the country does. We're doing better than most. Uh, but we have a plan to help reach out to some of our um, our, our less affluent uh, neighborhoods in along the Wasatch Front and some of our more rural areas. And it's so much easier if we can just vaccinate everyone when we uh, when we go into those areas. And this is going to make that possible. So uh, we've, we've got people, I've got friends who've been able to schedule their vaccines. I, I got my vaccine scheduled finally. Um, my wife and I are, are excited. I think we're getting vaccinated tomorrow. So we're th- things are looking up and there's just a, a real positive energy here in our state. I'm feeling that positive energy. Uh, I'll be honest with you. I'm feeling it. Uh, Second top story of the day. Uh, Take this one home. Mark it on the calendar. April 7th, the second season of the Cold Podcast will be released on Amazon Music exclusively. It's called Justice for Joyce. It is uh, a a tragic story uh, of, of murder. Here in the state of Utah from the mid-80s, a story I will admit about which I knew very, very little. Uh, Dave Cauley, the host of that great podcast, joined us earlier to talk about how uh, if you enjoyed Cold Season 1, the the Susan Powell story, uh, you must come April 7th, tune in and listen to Justice for Joyce, Cold Season 2, available on Amazon Music. A gun in the face. Then all of a sudden they all kind of lined up. They pointed their guns at me. And this is the point where I thought, I'm going to die today. Started two years of horror for an American in Venezuela. They said, you need to give us your phone and get ready because you're coming with us. I'm Becky Bruce, and I spent a year researching and piecing together Josh and Tammy Holt's story about their ordeal in a notorious prison. That's when everything started to turn bad. We had another... Pound on the door. Boom, boom, boom. And there was the police once again. You can binge all of the episodes of Hope in Darkness on kslpodcasts.com or wherever you get your podcasts.